Well, markets are cautious. Is it the concern that vaccines are rolling out too slowly for the speed of recovery that we were all expecting? Whatever the case, shares in the US might have ground higher, but the real yield on 10-year treasuries has fallen to new lows. Corporate earnings might jolly things along in the next 24 hours. We've got some biggies on the way, but also uh, there's a bit of a waiting game to see what the Fed says later this week about a slower recovery and their response to it. And Sydney and surrounds, definitely a lockdown for longer. It's Tuesday, the 27th of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, virtually no moves in government bonds. We've got small moves in U.S. stocks, but uh, in fact, small, but enough for new record highs. The Dow and the S&P up 0.2%, the Nasdaq up ever so slightly. Slight falls in European stocks, uh, except for a bit of a jump in Spain. The U.S. dollar has fallen a third of 1%. The Aussie is up 0.2%. The euro up 0.3%. Cable is up half a percent. And oil, WTI, is pretty flat. Brent is up half a percent. We've got a 4.3% increase in copper. Uh, So nothing making a bold, well, apart from copper, making a, a bold movie in any direction right now. Let's talk about that with Rodrigo Cachol from NAB in Sydney. Uh, I, I guess, you know, there's a few things going on. We've got some pretty big earnings results coming at the end of the day in the US. Monday's close uh, in the US just about now where we'll get Tesla's earning this time tomorrow. Alphabet, Apple, Microsoft. I mean, that's six and a half billion market cap right there. And then we, we can add 3M and General Electric. It's, a, it's going to be a, a big night tonight, isn't it, for earnings results in the US? Morning, Phil. Yes, it's, it's going to be, as you said, I think UPS as well. There's huge companies reporting. Mm. So um, that in part may play to the view that we've seen the equity market you know, doing doing okay in the US, but not going really anywhere. Um, but of course, there's been dynamics that I'm sure you'll touch on, uh, uh, you know, coming from China yeah. in terms of all those clamped on the regulation side. Uh, but certainly it's been a sort of a cautious start, but still on the on the positive side uh, when, when you look at the equity market. Yeah. Not quite the same story when you look at, at, at real yields as well. Yeah, well, I want to talk about real yields in a second. But yes, as you mentioned, China. Companies listed in the U.S., Chinese companies listed in the U.S. are doing really badly. This is all after the latest crackdown on foreign money supporting the education sector in China. Basically, the Chinese government doesn't want anyone profiting from uh, from selling the syllabus. Uh, but it's not. I mean, this is not just education companies, is it? I think uh, anybody who's got a connection with China is worried right now. So Alibaba is down almost seven percent. Tencent is down more than ten percent. The Hang Seng yesterday down more than four percent. There's quite a lot of contagion going on for China-related uh, listings. Yeah, well, I think the general theme there is is this regulatory regulatory and certainty. Because what has happened is that we we started with those clamped down on on technology companies, and now we had the education side that um, it's, it's really making profits or raising capital or going public. And I think the distinction is it's not just if you're raising money overseas, it's you just can't raise money. So um, so it's a big it's a big shift. And then uh, what we're seeing, as you, as you mentioned, any anything related to Chinese uh, tech, uh, companies overseas uh, and they're performing big time. Mm. So the Nasdaq Golden Dragon is, is one that you tend to look at and it's down 7% after, after big falls last week. Um, and then the question is, well, what, what is going on and how long will it last? Well, it seems, um, you know, we're, we're reading the news coming from Asia that this uncertainty is, is really, as you say, is, is kind of broadening with uh, many speculating that uh, the property sector could be, could be, could be next uh, following comments yesterday from their regulator that they wanted to see a notable improvement in order. 
um, whilst at the same time uh, in, in the food industry there was also some some issues about uh, the regulators coming in not only in terms of standards but also in terms of uh, the treatment of delivery stuff and so on so um, we've seen that, that, that sort of uncertainty uh, panic if you like uh, within uh, Chinese equity stocks and, and it had looked like originally that it was going to sort of uh, carry on into into the European and the US session, uh, but but we certainly saw a bit of a stabilisation uh, in in the overnight session. So I suppose that's good news. And then just to compound all of that, those high level talks between the US and China didn't get very far, did they? Uh, over the weekend, it's all the US's fault, of course, according to China, uh, because of the US perception of China as an imagined enemy. They said uh, they've accused the US of operating under the law of the jungle, where the big bully the small, although China's pretty big itself. Uh, so any hope for harmonious trade relations after we saw Donald Trump exit stage left? I mean, it looks like it can clearly be forgotten about, doesn't it? It does look like it, but uh, other commentators are suggesting that, you know, there, there's a bit of a political sort of show that needs to happen, and, and we've, we've had that, mm. and, and, and people are pointing out, well, they're still talking. Um, they, they, you know, they're agreeing to yeah. talk, they're agreeing to meet, and now they close the doors, and now they're having a chat. So hopefully uh, that is the, the positive outcome, um, and we have to wait and see whether there is an improvement, or at least small improvement in terms of, uh, the direction of travel, if you like. Yeah. By the way, I saw Donald Trump rally yesterday. Uh, he does look like a man who is fully expecting to be back in the White House for the next election. And, uh, you know, his followers still love him. It was uh, interesting to watch. Look, you mentioned uh, bond yields. Uh, the real yield on 10 years is now minus 1.1. It got close to that in the middle of last year, but not quite. It's now the lowest it's been since the pandemic. Actually, it's, it's lowest ever. So what does that mean? I mean, can a central bank really ease off on bond purchases and expect the market, open market, to pick them up if, if yields are so bad? And, and if inflation stays high, then it's just going to get worse, isn't it? Well, there's a few dynamics going on in, in, the, in the bond market because even uh, you mentioned that nominal yields are quite stable. But when you look at the price action overnight, they have moved quite a lot. You know, the, the 10 year mm. rate uh, traded to a low of uh, 122. This sort of, as the European equity market opened and they're trying to assess the news coming from Asia as well as, you know, the flats over the weekend and so on. Um, uh, and then we've ended around 129. So, so it's been a decent move or swing, if you like, uh, into in, move up in, in nominal deals as well. But when you look at the real ones, um, that's when, when the big news is, and you've seen further decline in real yields, uh, which are now, if you look at the 10 year rate, it's, it's at a record level of, uh, one, 112, and it did trade to 113 at one point. So what's going on? Well, people are pointing out to the fact that it's summertime. So the illiquidity is one factor that is, is playing into that. But certainly there's that sort of repricing of growth expectations, particularly in the US, um, given that activity indicators are suggesting that we've seen a peak already in terms of the growth in, in, in the US. The housing sector, again, being sort of one of the big engines, if you like, of last year, also appears to be stuttering. Um, whilst at the same time, um, there's question marks about about inflation, whether it really is going to be longer lasting, and whether there is a need for for the Fed to be acting on that. So, but doesn't that, doesn't this delay the ability to taper though? Because um, you know, well, who wants them <laughs> apart from the central bank? Well, I mean, for one, you, you, uh, I suppose that there's two factors here to, to bear in mind from a, from a central bank perspective. I think that the concern is more to do with the labour market, particularly mm. in the US, and and those improvements in the labour market have not occurred 
or come as quickly as expected. So in terms of the tapering expectations and, and what we may get from the FOMC this week, I think that uh, any expectations of tapering talk have been sort of tapered <laughs> because mm. uh, the improvements have not been as significant as expected. So um, our sense is that the FOMC this, this, this week will essentially kick the can further down the road and that discussion will continue without any conclusions this, this week. Mm. Um, but in terms of the, the impact real yields are having, I mean, you can correlate real yields and earnings per share, and, and they do have an inverse relationship. You know, the lower the real yields, the more appeal it seems to be that the equity market becomes. So, yeah. and, and in terms of the sort of reaction function from a central bank perspective, is well, tapering and, and lowering the cash rate does have the intention of lifting, uh, you know, the value of, of, of assets. So it does kind of work, you know, mm. whether whether that is effective and whether that instigates more inequality is another debate. But uh, yeah. in terms of the, the what we're seeing is consistent with what sort of Fed uh, and, and central banks are aiming for. Now, data-wise yesterday, uh, Germany's IFO came a little under expectations, but it's still over 100, so still expansionary, just not as expansionary as it had been imagined. And uh, US home sales down 6.6% in June, having been down 7.8% in May. Yeah, uh, and I suppose the, the IFO theme, which is what we've seen in other surveys, is the issue around expectations, uh, um, the, again, and, and the issue of supply mm. bottlenecks, uh, which is a big concern. And, um, and and a big uncertainty, you know, there's still question marks about those chips and how the auto industry is going to cope. Some suggest it's going to be, you know, reversed very quickly and others are pointing out that it, it may, may actually take a couple of years. So that uncertainty is, is also inflationary. Mm. So um, it, it plays to the view that there's a speed limit to the recovery because of yeah. those bottlenecks. Well, the other limit to recovery, of course, is... How many people can get to work? How uh, how much the the the, uh, the virus is spreading? And if we look at the UK as the world's petri dish for high levels of vaccines, but also letting the vaccine do its thing, uh, then we've had six. The good news is six days now with falling infection numbers, so less than twenty five thousand new cases a day, which sounds like a heck of a lot, but it's a lot less than it has been. But on the downside hospitalizations have doubled in a fortnight, more than 5,000 people in hospital now. But if we put that in context, the highest it was was 35,000 in January. But, you know, it's uh, doubling in a fortnight is a is a, a bit of a concern. And then the other concern is in the US, uh, where roughly 50% of the population is fully ex, uh, vaccinated. If, we, if we've got to reach 80% to reach herd immunity, and some people are saying it's got to be a lot higher than that, the seven-day average of daily doses currently is at the lowest level in the United States since early January. So it's slowing down with still a long way to go. That is a big concern. It is a big concern. And um, and this whole, the whole idea of reopening, I suppose, first of all, let's talk about the UK. The UK, the encouraging number is the decline, as you say, in infections. There is a lag relationship with infections and hospitalization. So the concern there that hospitalization has continued to rise is um, it's sort of consistent with what you would expect. Um, so we have to wait and mm. see another seven or 10 days and see whether that, that hospitalization rate starts to decline. So the jury's still, still out on that one and, and it's still a positive story by and large. Um, now the negative story is, is really coming from the US. Um, as you say, the, the lack of vaccination, of course, Delta running wild and, and expected to, to create more damage. Um, and then the question is, well, what, what does that mean? Um, um, if people don't want to get vaccinated, is the government going to impose <coughs> restrictions in order to prevent more uh, hospitalizations or, or, or will mm. they leave you know, things open? 
and 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 try to continue to campaign for people to get vaccinated. Whichever way you look at it, it it's going to slow down any recovery, isn't it? I mean, it might still be heading in the right direction, but it's going to be perhaps slower than thought. And we're going to face the same thing, obviously, in Australia. We've got the, the lockdown continuing in uh, in Sydney, the Blue Mountains, Illawarra, Central Coast. Uh, the AFR today saying uh, almost 400,000, 398,000 people are claiming uh, disaster payment claims at the moment, which is, uh, what, $600 a week if you if you get it. So they're not claiming unemployment benefit. That means these, these aren't going to show in unemployment numbers. Uh, but, it, but it gives you an idea of the scale of things. So that's 400,000 people who, uh, who who need the money to get by. Yes, no, the, the number is huge. And the debate as to whether JobKeeper should be brought back mm. again is, is, is alive and kicking. And we have to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, but at the moment, given the numbers, uh, you know, the reality is that the lockdown is going to last longer than what many of us thought at the beginning. Um, you know, the debate is now whether we extend to September and rather than whether we, we're going to be in lockdown in August. So um, it is it is a big deal. And, and, and the, the ramifications from the economic side are still unknown, given that. We need to wait and see how it plays out. Now, uh, some more data from the U.S. today. We get U.S. house prices for May, the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Read, the Richmond Fed Manufacturing Survey, but really the big numbers today. Uh, China's industrial profits for June and then the U.S. durable goods orders for June as well, later on tonight. Yes, those, those are the big numbers. And, and of course, we, we touched on, on, on the earnings and earnings season. It is it's going to be a yes. big, big, big night for earnings. So that could be a swing factor in terms of how the equity market reacts. And, and risk sentiment in general as yeah. well. All right, we'll watch all of that very closely. Uh, good to talk. We'll catch you again soon, Rodrigo. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. It's Ray Atrill joining me tomorrow morning on The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Have a great day.